In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the I am Ron Colick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, the Barbara Walters of the Paranormal, my very dear friend, Gail Scott Key. Ron, how are you? I am outstanding, or as they say, better than nothing. Better than nothing? Have you been having some of the margaritas for the Cinco de Mayo? (laughs) I wish. I could only wish. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's right. All the pearls and everything. Everybody has been just like everywhere you go. um, It's been huge in New England. Do you think it gets more and more like Cinco de Mayo as far as everybody celebrating it in, in New England? Have you seen more and more of a celebration going on than before? Well, you know what the deal is, Gail, is that New Englanders just want to have fun. Yes, we do. They have a song like that, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere like that. (laughs) Uh, But actually, uh, yeah, I I mean, we always look for an excuse to party, and I think this is as good as any other one. (laughs) Who needs an excuse, right? (laughs) Well, you do. I mean, you have to rationalize. You just can't, well, I'm being good. Got to be good. That's right. That's right. Five days of fun. So how are you this evening? How's everybody doing? Uh, who are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Of oh, 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 oh. You. <laughs> hey, uh, you know something? You'd be very proud of me. Really? Yes. You... I have launched, I have launched on behalf of a personal experience with my father, Adopt a Senior Citizen Day. And you adopted me. Oh, that's so sweet. I did, especially on Cinco de Mayo. What a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, this it, it, it was a really cool thing. Um, we, we started this last night, but real quick, it was adopt a senior citizen, because, Ron, I don't know if you know the statistics about senior citizen elder abuse, elderly abuse. It is so sad and so high, so we wanted to bring it to the forefront. That's what my mother says. You know, you know, leave that poor woman alone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's true, though. I mean, we really do. It's not like the old days that we, we really spend a lot of time with our parents, which is really, really, really sad. Right, right. I mean, we're, we're it's just, you know, we, some of us, we forget we're going to be old one day, and someone's going to take care of us. I mean, and one day. One another. You're still young, no matter how you slice it, no matter how many candles are on your birthday cake. When is your birthday, by the way? March 12th. 
I am Pike. Mark. Ooh. Watch me roar. Going upstream, huh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, do you know that they are actually uh, going to retire uh, Garcia Perra's uh, number today, which was number five, and today is 5-5. Five, five. Oh, Interesting, oh, huh? That, I didn't even know that. Wow. That's, how do you feel about that in the sports nation? I have no clue. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> do you have any news for us? I do. I Interestingly enough that you would ask, we're going to take a small trip to Japan, pack your bags, and sit back and relax because I am your paranormal news stewardess. Sushi. Yep, that's right. I'm going to take you over to at Sugi in Kanagawaga. <laughs> well, it seems like over at 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 Sugi there is a hospital. Well, it's been abandoned for quite some time since 1997, and apparently there's been some paranormal activity going on. And uh, they say that that stems from botched operations and also um, just. Some, some people who had taken their own lives, some suicides that were going on. So there was a high bid in that town, um, in that city, to purchase this hospital. And they are going to tear it down, and they are going to rebuild it into another hospital in Tokyo? No, not quite. They're going to turn it into a park. Now, don't you think that's going to be an interesting hot spot for everybody to go investigate if they want to? I guess. It's kind, of, well, actually, it's kind of like the coconut, coconut grove thing. Uh, you know, that's a parking lot now. Yeah. And that's where all those people died. So, I mean, that's a hot spot. I mean, I remember Fiona Broom saying that she went down there and investigated. Really? And it, well, see, that's the thing. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you put into the ground. It's what's in the ground that's going to come back up, right? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's deep. <laughs> yes, it is. Here's even deeper. Do you believe in urban legends? I do. Well. I am one. <laughs> I am one. <laughs> you are an urban legend. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, this particular urban legend in uh, California may be true. It's, I'm sure you've heard about this as well as all the listeners. Since the completion of the Colorado Street Bridge in Pasadena, remember this back in 1913? Oh, yeah. I was around then. There was, yeah, okay, you were around then. Well, what happened, of course, as you all also know, an estimated rise in deaths. You know, people were plummeting to their deaths, and they thought that it had to do with the Great Depression because it made sense. But then they thought maybe it was because of the specific year in which the bridge was built, 1913. Well, mm. it... it Either way, the bridge has gained national attention, Ron, as you know, because of its macabre reputation. And the most recent incident took place four days apart last week. Now, that's scary. So the numbers keep rising. So what started all of this, you ask? Well, the legend says a worker on the bridge fell into concrete, and sadly, after numerous attempts by fellow workers to break them free, the thick mass of concrete claimed the worker's life. Now the worker is believed to be haunting the bridge to this day. But here's the thing. You know, that's in my book. Huh? That's in my new book. It's in your new book? Suicide Bridge. But, but, okay, then make me understand. This is what everybody said. He didn't commit suicide. He lost his life tragically from an accident. So they're wondering why the authorities are scratching their head, wondering why people who don't even want to take their life are still attracted and drawn to go to the bridge. And they have... 
Huh? That's true. <laughs> it's, well, why? Why would people go to a bridge that if if he's a he didn't commit suicide, and the numbers are still rising? So he's lonely. You know, he's lonely. Well, here's the thing: they've been trying to discourage this lonely ghost from encouraging others from taking their life because, as you know. Back in 1993, they built a barrier which stands eight feet high. It's still not stopping people. And the phones are still ringing down at the Pasadena, California um, authorities' office saying that there are still people who are looking to jump. So, I don't know. Urban legend coming to life? I don't know. So, people are going to have to read more about that in your book. What are your thoughts? I think so, because there's a lot no, more think... to it that's going on. I uh... think so, too. And there's a lot more going to it when you investigate also at a haunted site because there is, I guess, apparently four ways that have topped the list when it comes to hauntings that um, people say can happen or that you don't actually see them. It's it's called, there's one of them, let's put it this way, the most common was the intelligent or traditional haunting, which, of course, you're familiar with. And that's when the ghost is said to have unfinished business or something that keeps them from moving on. Mm-hmm. Now, have you, in all your investigations, ever seen, or, or when it comes to intelligent or traditional haunting? Have I seen what? Have you, have you had any proof when you go and you do these investigations? Because yes. you're saying that you have? Of course. Well, well, this is, well, this is another astonishing thing. This is probably in your book, so see, I'm directing everybody to your book. <laughs> see, that's what it's about. You know, because people say that when they go to these hauntings and when they do them, they don't see a lot of this activity. Now, the second commonly known type of haunting, get this, is what would you think it is? Oh, it's the things that go bump in the night or doors that randomly lock and unlock by themselves. These are all called physical activity. Wow. Another, yeah. And another sign of haunting. You know, you're getting pretty smart. You know that? I'm telling you, that's what they say, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> All right, I don't want to never... interrupt you. We, we actually have our guests on the line, so I, I will be good and keep my mouth closed. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Your guests always come first, but I'm sure that they will like to chime in on the rest of that uh, top four list of hauntings. So what, what was the other one? Now there was the physical and, and what the other two? Quick, quick, quick. There's the physical and the real quick. The other one is a particular haunting. It's a silent haunting where, you know, you get touched or things, you know, you can't really see them. And then the portal haunting, which is the infamous one where the there's um, a door that the energy can come in and out of, which you would know better than I. So uh, that's yeah. a short list. I've been thrown out a lot of haunted places, but that's been besides the point. (laughs) Anyways, talk about hauntings and paranormal, and I assume that's all the news that's worth listening to today, correct? That is correct, worth listening to. (laughs) I see how psychic I am. Anyways, we we have a our guest is on the line, and I we'll have to give her some extra time because uh, absolutely. Yeah, this poor thing has been holding. Uh, anyways, uh, without further ado, why don't we bring on our guest? And is Doctor Sell? Doctor, you there? Hello. Hi. We call, what, what do you ask? The, what do you ask to call you? Uh, you can call me Doctor Solo, or you can call me Doctor Stanley, or or you can call me Solo, but just don't call me late for dinner. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Doctor Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dr. Sell, uh, why don't you give uh, uh, your, your website out? Let's get it now, and, and we'll have it in case I forget because I am old. 
That's okay. It's uh, www.solo, that's S as in Sarah, A-L-O, sounds, S-O-U-N-D-S dot com. And my other website for the paranormal is uh, Paranormal Trails with an S dot com. Ooh, happy trails to you too. <laughs> yes. And, and, and now, how did you get involved in, in the paranormal? Well, it, it's a long story. I, I basically... Right, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> I've been a chiropractor for about 23 years, and I was uh, born and raised in San Jose, California. And uh, as, a, as a chiropractor, I, I was brought up very religious as far as a, a Catholic uh, background. And in 1992, uh, one of my patients was um, prodding me to go to uh, a healer in town that was a crystal healer. And I said that, I don't deal with any of that sort of stuff or anything paranormal or anything new agey or anything like that. And, uh, well, after months of prodding, I finally went. And when I went, I had a real interesting spiritual experience where I actually felt um, almost an out-of-body experience happen. And I actually heard a physical pop in my ear. And when I did, I actually, uh, for the first time, uh, I heard my guides come through and start to talk to me in my head. And at the time... The guy that I had was somebody from India whose name was Ishmet, and uh, he was only wearing a pair of diapers. I don't know the correct name for the, what they wear over there. And I thought I was losing it. I asked the lady that was doing the crystal healing if this was part of the treatment, and she said, um, no, honey, I've been doing this for 20 years. It'll probably go away. Well, it, it never went away, and so it became a long journey with my psychic abilities um, coming online in 1992, and um, from that can the paranormal journey of uh, all the journeys I've been through for the last uh, few years, being in Machu Picchu and Thailand and uh, Max the Crystal Skull to uh, to go wow, and, and investigating cool. and and the trans inter uh, the instrumental transcommunication radio boxes that I started doing last summer just for the fun of it. And right off the bat, I I got one of my patients who passed away a week earlier come through on the box, and so that kind of uh, Piqued my interest some more. Now there are a lot of uh, trans, uh, you know, voice boxes out there. You know, like the the Hack Shack and the Frank's Tube, and there's dozens of other ones. Uh, which particular ones are you working with? Well, right now I'm working with uh, Chris Fleming's uh, Spirit Box, the PSB7 uh, yeah. that he made with uh, Gary Golka, and it's really nice because I talked with him a couple months ago and told him my story on the telephone, and he decided to gift me one of those boxes, and so. I've been using that. I have it set up at my office with some speakers, and um, I use an electromagnetic uh, uh, frequency uh, light uh, so uh, the patient can come and sit down and ask questions, and we record it. And usually it's very interesting. The room will usually get cold for a few minutes, and then uh, the lights will flash, and I know we're starting to get contact, and um, they, we've had some interesting um, recordings with that. So... Um, I just feel that everything is really non-localized in the universe as far as physics goes. Sometimes we don't have to go to the hauntings. Um, we can actually do it as, as, as your, um, I don't know her name, but it said about the, the portal opening. Mm-hmm. Gail. <laughs> Gail. Oh, Gail, yes, hi. <laughs> yes, Gail. Hi, Gail. Yeah, hi, so that Dr. Por- portal Hello. opening, you can actually create, create an energetic portal. And uh, I just also made a little uh, video of how to um, have divine protection and intentions intention with dealing with the spirit box because I've gotten so many emails regarding, you know, thinking it's a Ouija board and negative entities and things like that. And 
I, I really have a big believer of what your intention is in the universe. If you're joy, joyful and happy and no fear and do the best you can to bring in your spiritual beliefs of the law of attraction, that you bring that with you during an investigation or a spirit box session, then um, through the law of attraction is what you're going to get. Yeah, uh, uh, let me let me interject. I'm sorry, Gail, but uh, I, I, I'm a big believer in, in that uh, most people, you know, the, the Ouija board—that's the most evil thing in the in, in the world. But everything else, like uh, the pendulum or or voice uh, or any of the audio boxes or, or anything else, uh, glass swirl or whatever, are all fine. But they really are. They're the same thing. They open up lines of communication to the other side, and you really don't know all the time. So it's it's really important that uh, you do take precautions, and I think what you're doing is a, a great idea. Yeah, it just makes it fun, and then I can also be um, a good example, too, as far as helping teach my patients how to have divine protection and what their intent is, not only for having a session, but also towards their healing process, about knowing that I have a little joke. I said, if you get healed, it's your own darn fault. <laughs> I have to ask. Uh, I was looking through on your bio, and I see uh, obviously you you wear many hats. Um, as you said, being a chiropractor and a musician, artist, and researcher, um, you're also an ordained minister. Um, when you were talking about you know all the times of, of being in church, do you find it a, a controversial, like a fine line because of all those times when you've been told not to delve into those areas, and now that when you have this one session, as you described in your bio, and having this um, awakening, if you will, has it been a tug of war, or how easy was the transition for you to keep going and, and doing what you believe now? I, I think in the early years, it was kind of a tug of war, I think, with people's mm-hmm. consciousness, but I think with things changing so much and the veil thinning over the last few years... Um, that people have been a, bit, a little bit more receptive with that. The interesting thing I'm finding with a lot of the, some of the churches, um, a lot of the older people um, sometimes still want to stick with their old ways about things, and sometimes mm-hmm. they get a little frightened by some of the subjects, but um, right. some of them are pretty open to it. So it's, it's kind of a, 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 a potluck of what you're going to get. But I find it a very interesting that my guides always usually have a way of saying words that sometimes kind of uh, get me out of a sticky situation sometimes. <laughs> and that's another interesting thing. Um, when you hear about guides, um, whenever anybody who is listening with the paranormal and hearing about these guides, usually you he- we're told, you know, they've had them since they were young or, uh, you know, how do they, now through your experience, it happened to They're be actually come and go. time. Sometimes. Do they? Because, see, that's, I find it interesting. And, and Dr. Fellow, you said that you've had, is it just one? Has it been more than one? Have they switched off? How exactly does that work? Oh, that's a great question. No, as I have spiritually evolved over the years, my guides have changed. And now what it is is they really don't have a name. It's a group consciousness. And when I ask yeah. for a name, they say, you know, it's us humans in a way that always have to have a label or a name to things and Really, it's all consciousness. We're all interconnected, and we're all one in the universe. So when I did ask them for a name, they gave me the symbol of um, zero or a circle. And what it meant was that everything is infinite. It's like the creator consciousness. And they basically gave me the, st- the statement that we are, we are no thing, and we are everything in the universe. So it's kind of like the singer named Prince, formerly known as Prince. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, and my guides have a wonderful sense of humor. They love keeping me on my toes. Good, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live with uh, Dr. Salvo Stanley, Ron Kolick, and Gail Scott Key. If you want to call in and ask a question or a comment, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Or you can join us live in the TojiNet chat room or the Pararex chat room. And thank you. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have. That's all you have. That's all I have. But no, really, I, I mean, a lot of it's funny you, you mentioned that because a lot of people, like, they want to know who their guides were. And I, I, I all believe, I believe that we all have guides, but I've never really wanted to know who they are. You know, it's, it's, and I always mm-hmm. thought, felt bad about that, but I really don't. No. It's just as long as you I know really they are. You don't really have to have a, a name. In fact, I'm just, really terrible about with my patients with their names because I just read vibrations and the name is really irrelevant to me. Wow. Wow. That's cool. I, I that really read is. the energy. Everybody has an archetype and all they have to do is give me their IP address, which is their birth date, and boom, I'm right in the library and can read for them. And, and through all of your training, Dr. Salo, um, especially, as I said, uh, where you have uh, music therapy how does that help you in communicating with the other side? Are they oh, less reluctant or, or more so? It's, it's kind of cool in a way. I just find it really exciting because everything is color, light, vibration, and sound. And so these beings that you're talking to on the other side are the same as my patients, except with a little bit more issues at times, I found. <laughs> I think my patients are a little bit more easier to treat. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just don't have, they're disembodied, but they're, they're confused with their, their way of thinking at times. And, and the things mm-hmm. that I have found such wonderful experiences that when you're enjoying, you're having fun, you usually attract a lot of ghost children. Or you'll attract uh, somebody with a, a sense of humor. Or if somebody is having a bad day on the other side, um, who's very depressed, when I tune in psychically, sometimes they just don't know their dad. And they're just reliving the same uh, Grandhog Day over and over again. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I went to the last book signing we did. Um, I was at a metaphysical store, and one of the uh, mediums came over. Gail knows what I'm, I'm going to say. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> someone's always told me, oh, I always see a, an older woman with you, yada, 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 yada. Well, I went to this, this book signing, and the, and the medium there came up. She says, oh, I see a, a beautiful woman with you. And I was like... Wow, that's refreshing. <laughs> you know, it's like, why is it always the old lady? Can I get somebody really good? I mean, what the heck? I think you need right. help. I think. <laughs> I think it's good. You got to keep your intent in the universe, and, and you know, everything's imagination. If you keep that intent, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> wow. So I should start visualizing. Is that what you're telling yeah. me? So I, I, I could be like the Hugh Hefner of the paranormal of the spirit. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is going to be your biggest challenge, Dr. Salo. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll have to put some time for you on that one. <laughs> I, love it. I love this. On your, on your bio, you said something very interesting. You say every illness is a musical problem and every cure has a musical solution. Could you further explain that? Because that's an interesting thought. Or should she sing it? Well, ah. yeah. I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> Everything, everything's vibration. If you think about it, you know we use in our lingo vibes. Doesn't have a good bad vibe. It has a bad vibe, and so vibration is everything in the universe. And usually, when we have anxiety, stress, illness, then we are departing from our true essence in the universe. And so, by using mu- music therapy or tuning forks and acupuncture points, 
we can actually raise the vibration of the cell to be at a more harmonious uh, level. And when you have that, you start to feel a lot happier because there is actual physical effects as far as the pineal gland starts to secrete serotonin. And it also secretes the God molecule, which is considered DMT. And from that, it gives you a sense of well-beingness and you have calmness and a sense of clarity comes about and it's much easier to make decisions and feel better about yourself when you're in clarity than as you are in chaos. Now, these forks that you said that you use in the session, I apologize, you had just mentioned them. How do they work and, and these vibrations, how, I guess, how through the therapy do they, do they work? Well, the, the tuning fork frequency is actually to uh, 136.10 hertz. It's done to the key of C sharp. And what NASA has found recently over the last few years is that they actually used, uh, was able to record a sound coming from the center of the Milky Way galaxy in our, in our universe here. Ah. And from that, they found out that the sound was to the key of C sharp. All right. So if you think about it, if you have C sharp, that is usually our general essence of health in our body. It's almost like the middle key on the piano when it's tuned. They always tune it to mm. C to C sharp, right? Yes. And yes. so if you're out of tune, you're not going to feel right. But we have all this energy hitting our planet right now. We're all having a quickening. We're all spiritually awakening. We always feel like something's coming up and the veils are thinning, and that's why we're having contact with more ghosts and spirits and our loved ones. And so what we do is we apply these tuning forks at this frequency on on the energy points, acupuncture points, which are meridians in the body, which are rivers of energy, and we help unblock any blocks within the body. And from that, you can help be your true essence. They actually did some, uh, Fabien Maman is a French researcher, and he discovered by applying this frequency of 136.10 hertz over a petri dish of cells that had cancer, within 20 minutes, those cancer cells um, degraded, and they were disintegrated. Uh which goes to show that anything at a lower frequency like that cannot live in a higher frequency um, environment, and it's optimum health. The rest of the cells begin to follow that, and now with quantum mechanics coming out, this helps explain a lot of the things that are happening right now um, with the, the planet frequency. Uh, planet Earth is also changing. It has Schumann's resonance, and Schumann's re- resonance is um, 7.8 um, cycles per second, and they found that this resonance on planet Earth is beginning to change. And from that, as human beings, we live along with Well, I'm going to have to have you hold that thought right now because yes. we have to take a break. break. Uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles on TojiNet and Pararex, and we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Miller X family. Do you believe in magic? Believe in your fairy 
tale to make your zing come true. <laughs> Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com, and for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true with the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles on Toginet, Pararex, Ghost Channel Beyond. I am Ron Kowick, New England's Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, Gail Scott Key. And our very special guest, Dr. Salvo Stanley. So, wait a minute. I, I, two things I have to mention. First of all, um, that... You know, and I get—I never really wanted to be a, a ghost hunter or a ghost investigator, or that was, and I kind of got thrown into it. I have a—you know—I have my degree in environmental science. I'm kind of, you know, a hockey player. I'm kind of a meat and potatoes, down to earth guy. So when all this metaphysical state stuff came up, it was always like, you know, all this mandy pandy stuff that, you know, I really didn't believe in. But you know, because I was open enough to, to see if there was validity and. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, there is. What do you know? Uh, but anyways, you mentioned, uh, you know, vibrations, I mean, music and, and curing things. And the first, as soon as I heard that, I said, oh, my God, more nandy-pandy stuff. But then right away you talked about the science behind it, which really grabbed my attention. And it is based on good science. So that, that's kind of cool stuff. Well, yeah, we're, you know, they've done science along with our, the cells in our body. They've actually taken swabs of someone's cheek, and what they did is they put them in a Petri dish in a different room. They had somebody um, watch something really hor- horrible on on a video uh, TV, and um, at that one moment they had them hooked up to electrodes. They found out that they their body had a response to what they were seeing on the screen. But the interesting thing enough, the cells that were about a mile away in a different laboratory at that same moment reacted electromagnetically to the same vision. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. It's just amazing. It's funny that you said that, Dr. Taylor, because I was just watching something on on the economic decline that they were talking about, and they were doing the same sort of test about how we respond. Um, And talking about responding, through your healing, you said that there are three things for successful self-healing um, which I totally agree with you. Positive attitude, ability to be receptive, and desire for personal change. Now, that's all great for the living. So, how do you help those who have crossed over when communicating with, communicating with them about that? Well, I, the way I approach it, well, first of all, enjoy. Uh, you know, one of our team members, she, I call her a ghost caroler. She has a, a wonderful voice. She's from Nashville, huh? and she has an awesome voice, and she sings a lot to the ghosts, and um, they do <laughs> respond to that with the instruments. Um, wow. but, but the other positive thing is I do my best to be respectful when I'm entering a room as, as, as if they're, it's their house, of course, mm-hmm. and um, I try to tune in on, to what is going on in their space, and 
um, talk with them, either telepathically or out loud about, about asking what it is that I can do for them, not about being a ghost hunter and trying to invade their space, but saying, okay, let's, let's hear the story, what's, what's going on, and, and um, I would like to be able to have some proof to have the other side be proved, and if we can get some, you know, if you could be cooperate with us, that would be really great. And I'm not the type of person that says, okay, you need to go to the light, because sometimes they don't know they're dead, or um, they may want to be having their physical experience on the other side is uh, what they're experiencing. It's, it's who, the thing that my guides brought up was, how would you like it if you were sitting in your house in your recliner watching TV and you had somebody come off the street, not even knock on your door, come in and say, you need to leave. You need to go mm. to the light. And you're like watching the news. <laughs> you know, I, I always had to talk to someone. I always had a problem about that part where you don't know you're dead. Why wouldn't they know you're dead? I mean, you get up in the morning, you put your leg in your pants one at a time like you do every morning. I mean, sooner or later you get to realize that, you know, you're not going to work. You know, you're not going to church. I, I, had that, I had that same question, Ron. I, I said to my guides, I said, I don't really understand why they don't know. I want to understand more. And so what, I, right. what happened over the summers, I was given dreams where I was actually in the ghost body, which okay. in the dream state. And what they showed me was like, um, for example, uh, a murder of a death of, um, mm-hmm. in fact, she's been missing here. I can't remember. Um, Debbie Wolf, I think that's her name. She's been missing here for the last three years here in Fresno, and the case is still open. And I actually was in her body and, and was, was, was feeling physically what happened to her and to the point that she didn't know she was dead. And then it was like they're in this dream state when they're on the other side. And then other um, astral beings who know that they're dead but love playing jokes and doing things told her, oh, you're part of our family and you're my wife and we're living in this house and then start this own dreamlike scenario that they just fall into it. And then, through my dream, I also experienced um, Debbie waking up, lucidly going, no, I was murdered. I need to get help. I need to go to the other side. I need to go light, and I need to move on. And she would have lucid moments like that of trying to get to the other side. And I think that's where a lot of psychics tune in to sometimes where the spirit does ask for some help. Interesting. Now, so, yeah, you I, do, I was very you... curious about that because I couldn't understand it either until um, I started getting dreams about it where they actually showed me why. I, I think that some, you know, some point <laughs> in my life uh, that will certainly happen to me as far as well, you know uh, understanding I, it. But I, I think still that have difficulty we, saw, we were talking about this. We, we were talking about, I think, because from what I've read and understood, if it's a quick death, your body, you can even actually... You might not even experience the pain, like they use, for example, like a right. fire. If there was a fire, you're already out of your body. But you know what I was just thinking as you were just talking, Dr. Thaler, which which was also probably hard, the ones who pass away in their sleep, we all say it's pa- it, it seems peaceful because they didn't feel anything, but do they? That's got to be the hardest one. Right, or do they get confused and not know yeah. where they're yeah. at? and um it's I don't know. I don't. I mean, if to me the hottest one would be, you know, Nagasaki or Hiroshima, where you're just sitting there and doing whatever you're doing, and all of a sudden you're not anymore. Exactly. That's where you probably have a lot of hauntings there too. You don't hear see, much about it. I, I did hear one little piece about it, but uh, I don't know if that was by the. the, uh, the uh, you know, just the thought of it, or, or that that they actually have proved it, because I never heard the actual cases about hauntings in those areas, and that I was always interested in that. I mean, the, 
that's why I haven't been totally convinced of uh, this yet. I mean, I may somewhere upon my journey, but uh, not right now. I think it would be interesting to go see and stuff, but I think uh, over the years talking with other, I call them light workers or psychics, uh, um, a lot of them have been conscious enough of it that they've actually hold energy for holding the tube of light open for them to cross over because there's a lot of uh, mediums and uh, psychics that do that type of uh, ghost rescuing. Mm-hmm. And maybe some more, so much work is done, there's no one left. There you go. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Now, you, know, you said that you, you do investigating and so forth, right? Yes. Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit uh, about one of your typical investigations and, and, and how you proceed with it? Well, so the one that we recently did in Coulterville, California, in Goldrush country, um, usually they'll have the mediums do a sweep. Um, first of what their impressions are before they go um, ghost hunting or get things, and uh, mm-hmm. then they give the impressions to the people that are there. But um, this last time I kind of changed procedure because uh, I wasn't really into investigating or anything. I, I recently just got asked into doing some of these investigations this last year and because I was really interested in the, in the ghost box. But uh, one of my um, guides told me to get contact with a... Uh, Michelle Tedro on the internet, they told me what to type in, and I wrote her an email, and she happened to be um, one of the team um, leaders of the Central California Paranormal Investigators. And we ended up, um, I donated some, you know, boxes that I altered at the time, and pretty soon I ended up uh, talking at her uh, psychic class, and then the next thing I know, I'm doing investigations with them, so... um, I kind of didn't do protocol when we did this last one because um, we started filming and, and getting some really good occurrence of, of the impressions that we're getting at the hotel that we actually caught um, a ghost opening a door um, upon request. Um, it opened the door while we were there talking, and That's uh, cool. we, we tried to reproduce it, and the regular uh, person that had the film camera was downstairs, but I happened to have one of those little flip cameras in my pocket. And my, my angels and guides said, you know, you need to take it out and start filming. And um, right before we started filming, the room got cold. We had a temperature change. Um, Michelle got an orb at the door. And right at that time, the door actually opens up upon request. And um, Michelle also got an orb in the center of the, the door, too, of a person standing. So it was very, very interesting. So that's really cool. See, to me, that's what I love. Like I said, I'm the meat and potato guy. I really like that type of stuff. I mean, I want to see the physical evidence. Uh, it, yeah, and that's what I tell them. I, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm not really, I wasn't really uh, an expert at doing the investigations, but I'm kind of like you, and I, and I tell the ghost that. I says, I don't want any namby-pamby stuff, and you're going to go and touch me and all this other stuff. I don't really care about that. I want some stuff on film. I want, if you're going to give me EVP, give me a class A EVP. Speak very loudly and clearly into the microphone. Oh, I love you. <laughs> what was it like to experience seeing your very first ghost? Um, you know, which was, I found kind of interesting. It, it, it really, first of all, it didn't feel any difference in talking with my guys because they're disembodied. So it was like just, I'm just talking to different people like my patients, but they just don't have any bodies. And, but they have a lot more psychological issues, I found. And mm. the other interesting thing is um, I enjoyed the experience of the physical touching and the coldness in the room, which I never experienced before, which I thought was really cool. And uh, especially from the ghosts that were downstairs in the saloon, 
um, a lot of those ghosts were um, cowboys and miners, and they were very rowdy, and they really liked touching me in inappropriate places. And that was... Oh, my goodness. Whoa. <laughs> How do you bring that into court? Hello. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, I remember Casper the Ghost. I would be like those other people, you know, the cartoons, they go right through the wall. You just see them running and screaming. That would be me. Yeah, if I ever felt that. I'd be like, oh, my goodness. But you, you're fine with that. You're okay if they no, touch you, huh? I was uh, actually, fine with we... it. I said, you know, that's fine, and you can touch me, and it's cool to have me experience. But, you know, I want concrete evidence. Come on, you can do more than that. <laughs> We actually have a we actually have a question, uh, Doctor Selva, from the chat room. He said, "Are the energies level, levels associated with them? Are they like static in the air?" When you, um, I yeah. Well, for me, as a psychic feeling, or are you talking scientifically? Um, uh, how how does uh, how do you feel it? I mean, not as a psychic because you know it's it's totally different. But uh, like uh, other members in your team that don't have any uh, or don't have um, any yeah. obvious talents. They'll get goosebumps and they'll get really cold. Those are the things. Or they feel the hair on the back of their head stand up. Yeah, uh, so it is kind of like that that static, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like static. And I think there is an electromagnetic frequency that happens along with ions. Uh, ions are a, a thing that's uh, very important towards also healing and stuff. And negative ions are very, very healing. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they go along with what uh, Nikola Tesla said, uh, scalar waves. So I think there probably is a scalar wave um, change within the room when we have the dimensional shift with the uh, interaction of the ghost and spirit. And uh, who knows, maybe someday we'll invent some instruments that will be able to measure this even more as far as scalar waves. You know, what's interesting is, is that uh, I just did the show yesterday with uh, Dr. Karen O'Keefe, who's a parapsychologist. And uh, believe it or not, there are only a, a handful of uh, PhD psychologists, parapsychologists uh, in in the world, and it's interesting to to talk to him about the different theories of. I mean, because they're they're versed in all the the psychological and the physical aspects of the human mind and body. So it, it's really interesting when you, you take something. You know, I mean, they study like the tarots and everything else. So it's interesting that you take your Whatever you feel and associate, and and you discuss that with him. It, it, it's it, you know, it's looks at a, at a different point of view, and vice versa. If you talk with a, a medium uh, the same way, they're given their uh, spiritual aspects of the the thing. It, it's kind of cool. I mean, I really I really think we need the both of that when we investigate both the, oh, the physical and the uh, metaphysical. Yes, and that's what I like about the research I do. It's like you know, I come from a spiritual background since 1992 with my experiences I had, but also mm-hmm. I like the science behind it, and I think the blending of both worlds is important for our expansion as um, understanding all this that is happening. You know, it's interesting because I, I like you, I, I really appreciate what you were saying earlier. I do think that points of views, you know, when it comes to religion and, and how uh, you may be raised or your views of points, because, you know, clearly it you know, even in the Bible, it talks about death and, and and how, you know, there were different things that came back. But it's amazing how if you have a personal experience, it sort of makes you look into it differently or maybe not. Was there, I guess the bottom line is when you got involved in all of this, was there a personal experience yourself as to why you wanted to go further into finding out more about 
the, um, you know, when it comes to the passing of others in the ghostly realms. Was there a personal experience that you could share, or was it just an intrigue? Well, it was that personal experience in 92 where I actually became very psychic. All of a sudden, if you just think you're not psychic, and all of a sudden you had all these psychic abilities all at once, um, that's what happened to me in 92. So my whole world opened up that I felt the day I left that I was like in a dream state and hearing everybody's thoughts, and I had to learn to... um, you know, have boundaries and know about these things. And from that, and I know this might sound kind of crazy, but then I started getting information from um, extraterrestrial information, and I actually saw some UFOs in in Peru and also in uh, Sedona, Arizona. Um, So I had experience with that along with some crystal skulls. Just One experience after the next that you just kind of go, this is a wild ride. And how am I going to approach this? And I think I need to educate myself, not only with these spiritual experiences happening, but um, but also educate myself on a scientific level of what exactly is going on with all these experiences that led me to the interest, one interest. But the one that led me to the boxes and to this team was the fact that I always, in 1992, my guide said, someday you're going to have a telephone booth to the other side. And I said, yeah, right. They said, you will have this spirit box and you'll have a booth and people will come in and they're going to want to know their guides and angels and talk to loved ones and it's going to happen in your lifetime and I just never believed it but when I started reading about Frank's box um, I think it was in 2001 or so that's what piqued my interest and finally when they started doing the Radio Shack hacks I, I did my first hack last August and I was sharing it with one of my patients Don and he really was intrigued with it, and I was so excited, and I remember telling him about it that day, and he was telling me he was a little worried about his son that was dying in San Jose, and um, he was interested in it, and um, we had a nice spiritual talk. He ended up giving me a hug. He whispered in my ear, I love you, Sala, which he's never done before, and he left, and um, five days later, he had a major heart attack and died. Wow. And uh, I was so shocked by that because his wife called and said Don can't make his appointment because he had a heart attack and died and it was so shocking to me because usually as a psychic I can usually tell with my patients but this was totally off guard and I happened to have the box there after I got the telephone call and I said geez Don boy you didn't get to see the box and I thought oh is that Don now (laughs) that's that's the phone wolf to the other side yeah. And he did. He came through, and I asked him, Don, are you there? And he said his name, Don, not once, but three times. And then from then, I was really, really hooked with the boxes and uh, the investigations and really dealing with all the wonderful experiences I've been having. This sounds like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, from that experience, couldn't it have been just a power suggestion from one person to the other? I mean, yeah. that's sort of... It's, it's, it's a little yeah. bit disturbing when you think when you go to one of these things that you could walk away like yourself with all yeah. of this, like a big antenna. Does it, does it, how, do you, how, how has it been for you to adjust thereafter? Well, that's a very good question, and that's why I like doing the research with consciousness. Okay, there's a wonderful mm-hmm. book called Biocentri- Biocentrism by Robert Lanza, MD. He's actually writing about life after death. Um, looking at it through biology and um, through the consciousness realm, okay? Now, I really believe through our thoughts that we can create something to happen, right? So Mm -hmm. how do we know if it's a psyche creating these lights flashing or some of these experiences happening? Or our thought pattern actually being generated electromagnetically on these radio boxes, okay? 
And that's the research that I love doing. I like knowing. And plus, we're not taking into the, the consideration now that the box itself, the electronics, everything is alive in the universe and has electromagnetic energy. Everything is color, light, vibration, and sound. Even electronics that have crystals in it have a certain amount of consciousness. I think a certain amount of electronics is going to be having a certain amount of consciousness going on. And how do you know that some of these boxes are not bonding with some of your thought processes? I think it was very interesting. I was talking to Chris Fleming on this, and he has discovered the same thing with these spirit boxes. He said he was doing a show down in L.A., and he was using the new spirit box. And on the box, he was getting conversation with the ghost, Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he asked this helper who was um, uh, Mexican, who didn't speak English at the time, he didn't know, he asked him a question, and the answer came through in the box. Wow. Well, <laughs> Dr. Tella, I hate to say this, but we have... Ru- it, and it yep. actually came through on the spirit box. We have run out of time. Oh. We are going to have to say adieu uh, to you. Uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Interesting yeah. conversation. Uh, once again, give out your websites. My website is Follow Sounds. That's Follow, S is in Sarah, A-L-O-S-O-U-N-D-S, sounds.com, or Paranormal Trails with an S.com. And I really appreciate you guys having me on and everything in the universe. I feel very blessed. Yeah, we'll have to have you back again because, uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm perhaps, you know, I need some more uh, convincing here on certain aspects, but I, I think it's interesting. I, I think your journey is certainly thank interesting. You. So thank, thank you so you. much for coming on. Thank you, thank Dr. Fellow. Thank you, Gail. Yep. Yep. Thank Bye you. Now. Bye. Namaste. Wow, that was pretty cool, huh? She was very fascinating. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we have to get our episode of the Ghost uh, Sandwich in, so uh, why don't we play that right now? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghosts of Gettysburg, brought to you by Mark Nesmith. And the ghosts of Gettysburg. This is an actual message left on the ghost of Gettysburg answering machine. What you about to hear is real. Nothing has been changed. Is truth stranger than fiction? You decide. Six oh seven a.m. Monday. Message nine. Hello, this is Kenneth. I just saw a ghost in my house. He's running around and he's causing problems all over the place. He's big, he's tall, he's white, he's scary. He's been outside, he's been inside, he's been in my kitchen, in my closet, he's been out in the garage, he's been in the shed, he's been everywhere. And I need to get rid of him right now, so you guys gotta call me back at 774 Wow. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe wow. that is that is actually episode number nine. Uh that is r- remarkable. He's still waiting on that ghost line for someone to pick up, pick up, pick up. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. And for those who've never heard this before and, and actually I had to get that in because I've been getting some flack from people who so how come you don't play the ghost guy anymore? Uh, and uh, so it, it basically it was uh, a series of 
messages left on the ghost of Gettysburg answering machine, and uh, it originally started out with a gentleman who called in and uh, was complaining about his Civil War soldier who was haunting his house and had slit the cat's belly with a bayonet and had his horse oh. back outside, and then, of course... Uh, the ghost stole the uh, a sandwich that he had made for uh, his kids and ate it, and then the sandwich became a ghost, and it started running around. So the situation is getting pretty desperate. We are now into our ninth episode, and I, I, I don't know where it's going to lead to, but stay tuned. I think they need to talk to Dr. Sallow. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. That is crazy. And, and you know what? Talking about crazy, I still have to get that tape to you so that the viewers and listeners can listen to that um, recording that I got. Remember when I was first coming on and told you about? Oh, absolutely. We will have to talk about that as well. Oh, I still won't play it. I refuse to play it. Mm. Mm. And, and you know what? There's another thing I was going to comment while you were, you were uh, talking, well, when you were reporting the news, that... Mm. Uh, uh, when I first started uh, working for WCCM in Lawrence uh, on the radio show, we had a... Uh, I remember that. Yep. Uh, we, uh, I remember one of the articles that we had read that, that this Chinese group wanted to start an amusement park at this place that was called Suicide Leap, uh, where <laughs> every young lovers had uh, committed suicide. So I, I couldn't figure that one out. Oh, that's I, that's right. That's crazy. Wow. Doesn't people uh, fall in love? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, Gail, the chat room says hello to you. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Hope you guys are having fun. Yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo. I think that's <laughs> probably why they're having fun. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> uh, next week, we will, we will have Dr. Uh, um... What's his name? Karen O'Keefe is coming on because we've got some more stuff to talk about. Uh, We had some really, really interesting stuff. Now, you know, we had, as I mentioned, he's one of the few parapsychologists in the world. And we were talking about um, clocks. And he said if if you were to draw a clock, uh, you know, just say draw a clock with Roman numerals on it, and, and everybody did that, they would write down four for the Roman numeral, but on a true clock, there is no four. It's just three slashes. Really? Yeah, so of course I went in my house and I went over to one of my clocks and uh, guess what? I had a four. (laughs) (laughs) Now, was that something I just saw or was it really there? Interesting. Mm. Did you take a picture of it? No. I I have a clock. (laughs) It's not going away. Nice. But, oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, that's that's kind of interesting. We we will have a, a blast with him because uh, he is coming over here in August, and we're going to have a really fun. And later on uh, this month, we have my paranormal discussion group at the uh, Circles of Wisdom. That's the uh, third Tuesday of the month. Uh, come on down. We always have a good time in the group. Uh, we're putting a group together, we're going through a lot of stuff, and then we're going to be going out as a group to do an investigation and analyze the evidence and everything, so that's going to be kind of neat. And um, also, the uh, Dining with the Dead comes back to the Wyndham uh, the last uh, Monday of the month at the Wyndham restaurant. Yeah, Yeah, give my regards, yeah. Oh, you'll be there, I'm sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll be staying right down, right in the doorway, waving to everybody. Hello, how are you? That's about it. <laughs> I I had my my interesting experience. It took me a whole week to get over. I'm all set. The yeah. Took a whole week. Took a whole week. That was scary. That was but You know scary. what? It was so funny, though, because uh, when I saw you do an interview and, and when Maureen started trash channeling, ah, oh, geez, we have to go. We run out of time. Aww. Aww. See, we, we need to work on this longer times. So, time to wrap it up. Say goodnight. And God bless everyone. Um, bye, everyone. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us good luck. A billion.